Good morning. Uh, we are uh, almost to the middle of a seven-week uh, series we're starting the year with uh, about church membership, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 2 this morning. You can, t- As you turn there, uh, I want to make you aware that our Membership Matters class is meeting next Sunday, and uh, maybe you've been in this series for a few weeks, and, and, and God's just kind of been urging you to look a little deeper into uh, membership here at Wyatt, um, to take this class doesn't mean you are becoming a member, it just means uh, you are looking into it and you're uh, taking probably the, the biggest and most con- time-consuming step uh, of our membership process. But it's not all that time-consuming. It, it meets uh, during Sunday school, uh, during the Sunday school hour, and it meets for about two hours after church, and we feed you both breakfast and lunch, so you, you don't have to worry about that. And uh, if, if God has been leading you in that direction, I would encourage you to sign up. You can sign up on the connection card. There's a place for you to check Membership Matters. Uh, you can call the church offices this week, early this week, and let us know that you're going to be there. Uh, but we would love to, to, we would love to have you uh, examine uh, what, mem- what our church is like and, and begin to move forward uh, in that process. And also... Um, some of you have been through the Membership Matters class, and, and we would love for you to take that next step and just sit down uh, with one of our pastors and just talk a little bit about, uh, about the gospel and what God's done in your life, and, and that's, we'll talk a little bit about that in the sermon uh, this morning, but we are very flexible, uh, so if you would like to, to take that final step, we would love uh, and be encouraged to, to sit down with you for that. Uh, for that meeting. So Acts chapter 2 verses 37 through 41 and what we have here we're not going to read uh, all of the chapter what, what's happening here is that uh, that Peter's preaching the gospel that he's basically told them hey uh, this is what you've done you you've crucified uh, the son of God uh, and you are responsible for this and so he's, he's preaching uh, the gospel to them and this is This is their response in verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. So I've, I've said we're... In the middle of, of a series on membership, and what we're going to look at in the next few weeks is the responsibilities of, of how to be a good, responsible church member, how to live up to the calling that God's placed in our lives as He's given us this privilege of membership. But this morning, we want to look at what are the standards, what are the bare minimum standards of membership. In essence, we're going to just be looking at the door. Like, how does the church govern, or what standards does the church put in place about who comes through that door of membership? 
And I want you to know something, that the standards for church membership are few and they're simple. Church membership is for Christians. More specifically, uh, church membership is for Christians who have repented and believed into the go- in the gospel and been baptized. That's simply, that, that's basically it. And we're going to look at that, that, and we see here in this, in this uh, accounting of how kind of the early church came to be and how people became added to that number was simply repentance and belief. So let's first look at this standard of repentance. To be a church member, you must demonstrate repentance. Every church member must have repented and believed in the gospel. Peter's call to the people to be saved uh, and, and brought into the church was to repent and be baptized. Now this can be, uh, this can be kind of confusing because a lot of times we, we kind of make salvation a two-step process and it's more like belief and repentance, right? That like belief is what you do with the truths of the gospel, uh, and, and that you believe that Christ was who he said he was, and he did all the things, that he, believing in the work of Christ. And then repentance is that kind of that process where you kind of turn from your sins and you turn from God. And, uh, and that's not wrong to break it up that way. In fact, the Bible at least once does that, talks about uh, repentance and belief. But oftentimes, as it does in our text here, is, is all of that is included in that phrase, repentance, to repent. Um, it says here in verse 41 that those who received his word, okay, so, so these, those who repented were those who, who heard the gospel and believed it and turned to God in the gospel, okay? And so that, uh, when we talk about repentance, we're talking about to be born again, we're talking about salvation, we're talking about conversion, whatever word you want to put on it, it's that moment where you belong to God. Where, where you have trusted in Christ and you have become a son or daughter of God, however adoption, however you want to put it, there's many phrases for it, but it's that moment where everything changes. And that's the first standard of mem- membership, to comprehend the gospel of Christ and re- to, see, re- to receive it into one's life is true. To believe that Jesus was and, and, and is and did all that, that the scriptures tell us that, that he did and was. I want you to understand something I think this is very important, is that repentance is not the same as simply being moral. Uh, It is important that we recognize that the main standard for church membership is repentance and not morality. Okay, it's not to, uh, the the standard of repentance is not to fill uh, Wyatt with members who nail their Bible reading plan every year. It's not to fill um, uh, Wyatt with with members who don't have sin in their lives because this place would be absolutely empty if that was the standard uh, that we set forth. It is simply to make sure that Wyatt is filled with Christians. With Christians. Because that is what a Christian is. It is someone who has repented. And that should be our main goal is to have people here who are people of repentance. Uh, 
a, a while back, I was counseling with a couple that, that had been attending our church, and uh, they were, had some marriage issues that we were working through, and, and they were also looking at the possibility of becoming members, and so I kind of talked to them a little bit about that process, and, uh, and the wife, uh, she says to me, she says, is it going to be a problem what you know about our marriage? And, and i got to be honest, I was horrified at that question. Um, because, first of all, there weren't really major issues. It was just simple, hey, we, we fight more than we should, so we want to, we want to be better in our marriage. And, and so I was horrified because to, for her to think that, that somehow Wyatt, because the pastor knows that they fight too much, that I would reject them for membership. And, and I told her, I said, I said, no, no. I said, the kind of person that, that knows they need help and knows that they're a sinner that needs God's help in their marriage is exactly the member that I want. And so because we, we sat down and we talked to people, never think that it is, it is to be... Ex- to, to, to exclude people that are struggling because we'd all be gone. Because we are all people who are struggling to live the Christian life. She, she, they were coming to counseling out of a heart of repentance and, and that's what we want here at Wyatt. At, here at Pentecost, thousands of people came forward and only God knows what they were doing the night before. And when they came forward, when they, when they heard the gospel, it, it says here uh, that they were cut to the heart. So they, they were cut to the heart because they knew that they had crucified the Son of God. They knew that they were sinners. They were cut to the heart about it. And the command was not, when they said, what do we need to do to be numbered among the people of God? to be numbered among the church. They were not told, well, I know that you're involved in this relationship. You need to go and break up with that person and then come back and then we'll let you into the number of the saved. Or we don't see that, that they say, hey, I know you've had this addiction for a while and so we can't let you in the church with this addiction And so you go home, you work on that addiction, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you get that addiction taken care of, then you come back, and then maybe we'll let you into our number. No, the command is simply this, repent and be baptized. So so come saying, hey, I've got work to do. I've got work to do. I'm, I'm not who I need to be. And that's why I'm coming. That's why I need to be in the church. It's not because I'm moral. It's not because I'm perfect. It is because I'm ready to go to fight against my sin with the help of the Holy Spirit. That's what it says here. It says, uh, he, he commands him, he says, uh, if you repent and be baptized, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it's like you come, you repent, you be baptized, and then you and the Holy Spirit of God living in you then you go home and you do battle with the sins, with the addictions and the relationships that you know you don't need to have anymore. 
And do you think that in that moment of repentance that, that those people at Pentecost never sinned again? Do you not think they, that there were in that 3,000 those who, who relapsed and needed brothers and sisters to come alongside them and say, hey, we're going to get through this. We're going we're to move forward. You're going to keep fighting this thing. Absolutely. Let me ask you something. Did, you, did, did all of your sins go by the wayside the moment you came to Christ? There's things you're still struggling with that you've always struggled with, that there's always a constant fight in your life. So do you see the simple, the, the, the difference between simple morality and repentance? You can, you can be thought of as moral without Jesus. Morality is simply doing the right things, especially the outward things. But you can't live a life without, uh, with, uh, uh, of repentance without Jesus. Can't do it. For an, uh, repentance is an embracement of your need. The fact that you need something outside of yourself. Uh, you need Christ. And so it is important as a church to examine, to make sure a person is a person of repentance. So how can we as a church create a door of the church where we make sure and get, are guaranteed that no unconverted come through that door? What can we do as pastors to sit down and talk with people and look deep into their heart and see if they know Christ. We can't. We can't. Salvation is God's business, and when we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised by people that are there. We're going to be surprised by people that aren't there. That's just the reality, folks. There's no way that we can look into a person's heart and, and be guaranteed that they're a, a, a child of God. But when we receive a person for membership, what we are saying is, is that we as a church believe that this person is going to represent Christ in the community and in the world, and, and, and they're going to represent Wyatt Baptist Church, and, and they're going to, in that, represent Jesus Christ. And so that's what we're saying with allowing something, someone to be a member of our church. And therefore, that's why we do insist on a Membership Matters class uh, where someone can kind of hear, okay, this is what the gospel is. And, and, uh, and in that class, it's really awesome. They, they're taught how to present their testimony um, and then just go through who we are as a church, and that's important. And then that other step of setting down with a pastor and just talking about how they came to know Christ. Um, we, uh, as pastors, when we come to that meeting, we don't bring a hundred-page theological question test, right? We don't come and say, here's all the things that, that we want to make sure you believe before you come here. We, we, we don't do that. That's not, that's not what membership is about. There are two main questions uh, that I bring and, and the guy, other guys bring similar questions to the membership interview. 
simply this, hey, tell me about how you came to know Christ and tell me about what he's doing in your life right now. And what's really cool is in membership, in the membership class, they've kind of been taught how to do this in the right way, not just, hey, I uh, went to revival, so-and-so was preaching, I walked the aisle, but, but they're taught to kind of, hey, what was going on in your heart, in your life? And so it's probably my most favorite thing to do as a pastor is to sit and listen to these people that are coming into our church because it's just phenomenal. It's just fantastic to hear how these people came to know Christ and I understand where they're coming from so, so maybe I can be a better shepherd to them. And it's, uh, the other question I usually ask is, hey, what is the gospel? Tell me what the gospel is in a minute or less. Um, you know, what, what has Christ done and, and, uh, to save us of our sins? Or I may say, hey, if, if I were to ask you how, how, am I conver- how can I be converted, how am I saved, I may ask them that. Uh, and, and there are moments where just because of terms, you have to maybe ask them questions in a different way. But, but by and large, that's the main things I want to know with a person joining our churches is how did you come to Christ? Tell me about that. And, and, and tell me what Christ is doing in your life now, and, and what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Now, that, it's a simple, it doesn't usually take a lot of time, but y'all, it does require more time than we used to spend in someone walked the aisle, and while a, a stanza goes on, what church you transferring from, where were you baptized, and 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 okay, we like the name of that church, so we'll bring you in. We don't like the name of your church, so we'll have to talk about that a little more. Um, just, and, and some churches still do that, and a lot of churches have moved into more of a process like we have. But it, it's really important if we're going to say, hey, this person is going to represent our church, represent Christ, and we just have a simple conversation of, how did you come to know him? And, and that's important. That's why we do what we do. It's not to be exclusive and... Um, and all of that. And now we we also at t- now, now on rare occasions, and I don't know that we've ever had this occasion, um, but we need to be mindful if there's some blatant sin in a person's life. And what I mean by that is, is every person that comes for church membership has sin in their life. But is there something blatant that maybe? Uh, another church, they're coming from another church that's put them under church discipline because of their morality, and they're just coming as a way out of that. We, we can't, that that's again goes to that issue of repentance. Is this person repentant if they're just coming? Uh, because it's, instead of dealing with business at that church, they want to come and join our church. And so let me give you a couple examples of, of what I mean by that. Um, John has left his family. Uh, to go live with his girlfriend, left his, his wife and kids and, and said, I, I'm not doing this anymore, and he goes to, to live with his girlfriend. And, and if, if a church is biblical, and, and we don't have a lot of churches practicing biblical church discipline anymore, uh, a church would get involved in that and say, no, you can't do that, John. Well, if John comes over to White Baptist Church and says, hey, I'm going to join here, and brings his girlfriend, like, that's not repentance, right? He's not a person of repentance. In fact, the other church is saying he's not repentant and, and we can't have him as a member while that's all going on. 
Now, another example is, let's say, Ken, uh, he comes, and at, in the aftermath, and he has destroyed his family. Reconciliation is no longer possible. He's wrecked it. He's divorced, and he comes and he says, I need a new spiritual start. I've repented uh, to, my, to, my, to my wife, my ex-wife. I've, I've repented to God of what I've done, and, and I, need, I need a new church to, to start new because I've, I've made a mess of things. We, we, we don't reject him, right? No, because he's coming, even though the, there's some, the morality has gone on in the past of the same, in the same way the man one is ongoing, which, no, no, you're not repenting. The other one has come to a moment where God has convicted him of that. And we don't go, no, we don't have your kind that wreck your, we don't have family wreckers uh, in our church. We don't do that. We say, have you repented? And that's the main question that needs to be asked in moments like that. And remember, repentance is not just the standard of those desiring to join Wyatt Baptist Church. It is the standard that all of us should live by as Christians. It's not whether or not uh, the members of Wyatt Baptist Church will sin. We sin daily. The question is, are we going to live lives of repentance that deal seriously with that sin in our own life and, and are convicted and desire change and work to change? And, and that is why Martin Luther in this 95 Theses, the first one is the Christian life is to be a life of repentance. Whole life is, is about repentance, not just church membership. And then to be a church member, you must be baptized. Baptism in the scriptures is the first and immediate act of demonstrating a person's repentance towards God. Uh, there may be no more clear command in scripture than that of baptism. If you look at all denominations of Christianity, there is some form uh, of baptism included because it's clear in the scriptures. Baptism is the way that we declare to the world that we have repented. Uh, here in the text, the crowd asks Peter uh, what they need to do, and, and, and Peter says in verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In Romans 6, uh, 4, um, Paul says this, he says, we are buried therefore with him by baptism into death. He doesn't say, hey, you, you really good Christians that are really truly like awesome because you're baptized. No, he says, hey, you members of a church, you've been baptized, right? Like he assumes it. And what is the first thing that Christ commands us in the Great Commission to do when making disciples? says in Matthew 8, 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism does not save us. But how can anyone claim to be a follower of Christ when you have not done the very first thing on the list of things he asks you to do? Mark Dever, uh, pastor up in Washington, D.C., puts it like this. He says, getting wet is the easiest command Jesus ever gave to follow. It only gets harder from there. Now, now there's some people that are just incredibly, incredibly shy, and the thought of all the eyes being on them just shatters their soul. 
and I understand that I'm not minimizing those those type people but for most of us the command to get wet really shouldn't be that hard and for those of us who it is like it's it's very hard to think about what a great privilege you have to in the very first step of of loving your king and showing allegiance to your king is a hard step what a great way to set a standard for your life if you are one of those people where it is a little harder and baptism is to be conducted at a certain time and in a certain way we as baptists historically have placed an importance in the correct time and the mode of of baptism i mean that is our namesake right we are baptists because we've always been stubborn and i think rightly so about what the bible says about that first command that god gives us that we believe that there's a certain time uh, for it and there's a certain mode that needs to be done and and rightly so when the tradition of many became just sprinkling a bit of water on the head which many of them will admit that that's not the original mode of baptism we held true uh, to hey it is about immersion it is about being placed under the water and we when everyone began to say hey this is you know this is for infants this is uh this is how you make a promise that that they're under the covenant and and that that god will save them Uh, we held true and said no it needs to be an announcement after the fact so why is the timing and mode important why are we sticklers for this well, time is important because baptism is an announcement. These people in Acts, as they came forward to be baptized, were announcing their allegiance to Christ publicly. Now, now let's not forget about what's going on here. Let's not forget about the, the fact that there was persecution going on. The Jewish people uh, were, being, were persecuting uh, Christians. Uh, you had other uh, public um, um, government persecution and to, to go out and to, in such a radical way, say, I am now a follower of Jesus Christ. It was something you couldn't take back. I mean, it was done in public. Everyone was watching you. Everyone saw you be baptized. And so it was a huge, huge step uh, in a person's life. And and the reason we must, and the reason we believe that conversion must precede baptism is because it is an announcement of what has happened. Now, I do want to say this because we've ran into this in, in recent years at Wyatt. Um, there are those who, who hold a different view. There, there are those who would be lockstep with us when it comes to the gospel and the fact that there needs to be a moment of conversion but that they would still disagree and, and they believe in infant baptism. I'm mainly, uh, I'm mainly talking about conservative Presbyterianism that, that does believe that you've got to have, that, that salvation is by grace through faith, but, but they still hold, I think wrongly, they hold to infant baptism. Now listen, it's, it's so important to us that, hey, we can't, we can't be in a church together because the way we do things 
but be careful in saying, well, they believe in infant baptism, they're automatically a liberal, or they're automatically this, and, and therefore uh, they're not really Christians, and not, I don't think that that's true. Um, I don't think that's true at, at all. Um, they, uh, so when they come here, there are some people that come to the area and there are no conservative churches that are of their particular brand of denomination. They're, they're not conservative churches, so what do they do? They end up at, say, a Wyatt Baptist Church because they want to hear the gospel and they believe the gospel. And so they seek, in, in membership, and we've had this happen recently, is that they, we want to be members and therefore we're going to be baptized. And so when, when they come, they may be very, very, very mature Christians uh, that haven't been in rebellion, per se, but just have held a different view of baptism. And now as they join our church, they, they desire to, to be uh, baptized according to believer's baptism, which is, um, which is awesome that they do that. Um, I remember Mark Dever, I heard him say one time, because he's a Baptist, and, but he said, there came a time when I almost wanted to be Presbyterian because there was just some, some things about them that I really liked. He said, so I studied hard, and he said, the two things that, that I came to realize is that they had a much better argument than I ever thought they had. He said, and the number two thing is, it's still totally unconvincing. And, and so, to, so believe that, that there are mature Christians out there that might hold uh, to a different view, and there may be people coming to be baptized uh, that, hold a, uh, that have held a different view, and, uh, and we need to be aware of that and be sensitive to that. Uh, but we do require that they come uh, into membership having believer's baptism, having it occur after their, ba- after their conversion. And then mode is important. That's why timing is important. Mode is important because baptism is a picture. Romans 6, 4, which we already looked at, it says, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. So uh, the Bible views baptism as, as not only an announcement but a picture of our old selves being buried uh, with Christ and, and, and our new selves rising again. And so we believe that it's, per, it's, it's important to get that picture right. Um, and so we, we, we believe that that is the mode of baptism that is biblical. Um, and so, and therefore, we, we view timing and mode as important enough to ask those joining our church to ascribe to those beliefs and therefore be, be baptized according to biblical timing and biblical mode and and to come into our membership um i heard a presbyterian once say he said man we we genuinely hold to our baptism views but we never have to reject anybody we never have to be the bad guy because we can accept believers baptism infant baptism. we accept any type of mode we don't care Uh, but for y'all to genuinely hold your beliefs sometimes you do have to kind of say this is what you need to do to become and he was saying it out of sympathy because both of them hold, uh, genuinely hold those views of baptism, but it's the Baptists that, that have to sometimes be the bad guy. And uh, it's, it's not our desire to be the bad guy. We just uh, feel like it's very, very important uh, that we get that first command of God right. Uh, it's important as a church to examine a person to make sure a person has been scripturally baptized. It, 
know, it used to just be by church name. Hey, we like the sound of that name, so we'll receive your baptism, your letter, and all of that good stuff, and we don't, we don't like it, so we're going to make you be rebaptized. And, and, um, and now it's just good to have that conversation, to find out what did your church believe about baptism, or what did your what mode was used in baptizing you, or, um, you know, what, what did you believe about your baptism? Did you believe that that baptism saved you? Because if it did, there's, there's questions, we, there's, there's things we need to do here. And so we're, we're just, we're careful uh, about that. We're not trying to be bad, mean Baptists, but, but people who uh, want to get God's first command to us right. The main uh, two standards of, for membership is repentance and baptism, but these are not just the standard for membership. They should be the standard for our lives. That all of our lives should be lives of repentance where we're always, uh, you know, not just at the moment of salvation thinking about the sin in our life, but we always think about the sin in our life and our need for Jesus Christ and, and how he has died to, to so that we might receive forgiveness of that sin. I mean, live in that truth, that truth of repentance that is so beautiful. But then also that we live lives identifying as we did in our baptism of an, an announcing and proclaiming, I am Christ, I belong to Christ. Live a life daily that proclaims that. Okay, so these are not things that we should just ask of people joining our church. This is things that, should be the standard of our everyday life. Um, I don't care what you did last night or last week. If you would repent of your sins and turn to Christ and believe, we would be overjoyed to have you as a member and we'll help you uh, through those other uh, issues that you're having. Uh, we don't require of you to be perfectly clean in our eyes, though through Christ. Thankfully, we become perfectly clean in the eyes of God. Maybe you're here as a believer, and if for whatever reason you have never obeyed Christ by identifying with Him through baptism at all. Wouldn't it be great to finally take that step of obedience, to publicly raise a banner and say, hey, this is what's happened in my heart and in my life, and I've repented, and I want the world to know it. And maybe you're here and, and you were not baptized according to our standards uh, of what we believe is the correct timing and mode. Uh, we're not trying to be arrogant. Uh, we are not trying to say we are better than you or, or better than your former denomination or that you're a second-rate Christian. Our views on baptism are not to create a, hur uh, a hurdle for you personally. Um, in becoming a member, our only motivation is to be obedient to how we believe God has asked us to carry out that first step of obedience. That's all. That's all we're trying to do. So I would ask you to respond uh, as, as you stand and as our musicians come. I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for you. If you have some decisions that you need to make about membership or baptism or asking yourself, have you repented in the gospel? Um, we would ask for you to respond however God's called you uh, to respond this morning. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, God, 
I thank you for the church. I thank you for the privilege of being a member of a church. And God, I'm so glad that you do not require perfection to enter into your church. That I don't have to be perfect to enjoy all the privileges of church membership. I just have to be a person who is repentant. God, I pray that you would just help us, God, to be a people of repentance. God, I thank you for baptism. I thank you for being able to proclaim to the world what you have done in our lives. And God, help us all, uh, God, to respond in baptism the way you called us to respond and, and move in our hearts. God, I would be, uh, I would ask that you would just convict hearts that, that maybe need to follow you in baptism this morning and move them into action in, in, in that obedience. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'll be right here if you want to talk about baptism, if you want to talk about membership, uh, I'll be right down here. I'd love to talk to you.